Last time, I quoted Mark Roser telling me about his hand-feeding experiences with a tufted titmouse. The purpose of Mark's email was actually something quite different. He had traveled down to the Gulf after the BP oil spill and saw some of its effects firsthand while he was working on a project developing sustainable means of restoring oiled marshes. Mark wrote, there is a call for ideas for new bird research and restoration projects, and I thought you or your listeners might have some thoughts on potential new topics. And he sent me a link for the website of the Deepwater Horizon Natural Resources Damage Assessment Trustees, in which they ask people to submit bird and sturgeon restoration project ideas for their open ocean restoration area. They target restoration for wide-ranging and migratory species at important points during their life cycles and in their geographic ranges, including inland, coastal, and offshore areas, and anticipate that some restoration may take place out of the Gulf of Mexico. For example, many of the loons we enjoy every year in Minnesota, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and many of the northern gannets people enjoy along the North Atlantic coast spend their winters down in the Gulf, and their young remain there year-round until they're at least three or four years old. In this 2021 funding cycle, they're prioritizing bird projects focused on restoring and conserving nesting and foraging habitat, establishing or reestablishing breeding colonies, and preventing incidental bird mortality. If you want more information, my blog post for today has the link. I also recently heard from Lynn Cornell, who wrote about a wonderful great blue heron nesting colony in Rochester, Minnesota. The rookery is the most significant spot for heron nesting in Olmsted County, and likely one of the more significant spots in southeast Minnesota. And it's ecologically significant as a rare upland rookery. Most herons nest in swamps. The private land this rookery is on has long been zoned as resource-protected, potential suburban, but the landowner, who happens to be a member of the County Soil and Water Conservation Board, requested on March 18th that 30 acres of his land be rezoned suburban. The Olmsted County Planning Advisory approved the rezoning unanimously, and the very next day, when the neighbors had first heard about it, the owners of adjoining land noticed stakes and survey markers in the woods, many of the stakes directly below heron nests. The process seemed excessively rushed to them. It hadn't even been approved yet by Olmsted County, and one neighbor's attorney filed an injunction to halt work providing photos of dozens of heron nests in and around the grove of trees targeted for removal. When they found out the trees were scheduled to be removed the following Monday, the attorney brought a motion for a restraining order against development to District Court Judge Pamela King, who signed the order prohibiting removing any tree within 1,000 feet of a heron nest temporarily until all the proper permitting is in place. 
Birders in Rochester are working hard to protect this rookery. The herons are on their nests already. Developers tend to reassure people that birds can move somewhere else. They have wings, after all. But it's late in the season for herons to commence nesting down there. Destroying nest trees now will destroy the capacity for the pairs nesting in the trees and anywhere near them to reproduce this year. And as project after project gets approved, removing more and more wildlife habitat, there are fewer and fewer somewhere else's to move. As a Minnesota resident, I signed a petition for an environmental assessment worksheet for the proposed development and a statement declaring my concern regarding the environmental harm this development could cause. The group working to protect these wonderful birds and this unique resource has a Facebook page by which they are trying to get the word out. I've linked to it on my blog. Right now I'm watching just how carefully my daughter and son-in-law select clothing, blankets, and toys baby Walter could put in his mouth. They want to be sure everything he touches is safe. How can we humans, many of us parents, possibly have justified over the years and decades and centuries the horrific amounts of toxic chemicals we've allowed companies and individuals to release into our environment to seep into our groundwater supplies and the freshwater and saltwater bodies of water from which we get so much seafood, fish, and other food to say nothing of the air we breathe and the water we drink? And and that only considers the simplest issues of human self-interest, not even touching on our dependence on other species, much less the right to exist for those other species. I want my little grandson to be able to see wonderful birds in the Gulf of Mexico and to enjoy seeing nesting herons here in Minnesota. What are we prepared to do to ensure a lovely world for our grandchildren? The Gulf Restoration Project and the fight to protect a special heron rookery are important for all of us. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.